0: Hello and welcome fellow sovereigns and this talk has been inspired by Hilda who I stayed with in Cape Town back in 2000 and she's since moved back to her hometown of Johannesburg. One of Hilda's enduring qualities is her courage because she tends to speak up and say things that aren't popular or things that aren't part of the kind of accepted uh, narrative let's say she thinks originally and she's quite happy to speak up about her originality so the one that she posted yesterday I think it was yesterday was about the fact that so many people tell us that we are born uh, in love we're born knowing love if you like but we're not born with fear fear comes from life we learn fear but we're born with love and Hilda says that's rubbish that we always have fear instant babies have fears and so she's saying that yeah both love and fear come with being a human being so I'm going to take that a step further with the story that the, the course in miracles tells us Now this might seem rather far-fetched and speculative, uh, theoretical, however if we can hear the story it will explain probably most if not all of the insanity we see in the world. And if we can acknowledge it for ourselves and work with it we can change our lives so it sounds theoretical but it has immense practical application so I'll start with the story and then I'll give some examples and we'll see where we go from there so the course of miracles tells us that we were once part of the oneness part of God part of source part of spirit part of whatever we want to call that which is bigger than us that we were part of, we were oneness. We were the ocean. And then in a moment, we decided we'd like to try out separation just to see, (laughs) whoo, it's a nice idea. And so the ocean spat out this tiny little drip. And that's what we are. We've separated from the ocean and we go back. Uh, The Course tells us that it's already happened. We separated and went back and we're living an illusion actually we're not really here we have actually returned that kind of bit doesn't matter for this talk Um, and it probably doesn't matter full stop so when we left God if you like or left source or left spirit we felt a little guilty about that there was a sort of sense of oh we shouldn't really like this running away from home and our parents are going to catch us And so when we spit off, we took guilt with us or fear. Same thing, I guess. And so we have this, if you like, existential guilt. We have this guilt that's with us all the time. It drives us in every moment because we're worried that God's going to see us uh, because we're hidden. We've run away or source, universal, whatever, oneness. Will catch us because we're errant we're naughty people and so we have this guilt that's just with us That's a human condition and when we can acknowledge that we have guilt in every moment we can kind of settle into it and just know well that's okay because that's who it is and we don't have to kind of run away from it because when we don't acknowledge it when we don't know about it on a conscious level, we will do anything to try and avoid it. So one of the ones, one of them is, is projection. We try and pass the guilt on to somebody else. Like, I'm better than you, you're naughty, you did something bad to me, so you're the bad person. Uh, politicians do it all the time. It's always their fault, the other party. So on a national, international, personal, we all do the guilt thing. So projection is one of them. So if I can make somebody else look naughtier, God will look over there and won't look at me. <laughs> I've got away. So we constantly try and do the projection thing. And you know, my theory is better than yours. My poly- my political party is better than yours. My I don't know, life's better than yours. My goodness, I'm better being a vegetarian than you eat meat, or vice versa, or everything. We try and make us gooder and others badder, so that you know God will notice the badder ones. The other thing we do is we run away from it, and that's basically um, addictions. And there's a thousand addictions. Obviously, there's drugs and sex and rock and roll, um, alcohol and all of those. But there's also gossiping, which is an addiction. There's you know, buying stuff spending money just called biology <laughs> um, so we bury ourselves in some other addiction and we find people there are people who do have hobbies that's healthy but sometimes those hobbies can become addictive and maybe it's relationships that become addictive one after the other, after the other and so there's there's a thousand addictions eating food obviously there's another one so we try and kind of hide behind the addiction or we pretend that life's not going on because when we're in life we have to somehow acknowledge we feel guilty so when we can spend the days on the poking machines we can focus on the poking machines and we can forget about that guilt that's you know sitting on our shoulders or wherever it is we can forget for a moment In a bottle of whiskey or whatever it is. So the guilt's always there. So we can try and run from it, which is addictions. We can try and project it so that God will see somebody else's naughtier. And we do all sorts of things like that. And so we have this or we transfer it. And so the, the churches have really bought into this. They've figured it out. And so they have set themselves up as intermediaries in front of God. So here's God out in front of me. The churches have stood in front of God and said, we are the representative of God and most churches deal in guilt. And so we transfer that feeling of guilt because we don't really know about it, but it's there and we can't get away from it there's an unconscious need to find something to focus the guilt on and the church is the perfect thing to do it so they set up a whole guilt system if you don't pay us lots of money if you don't come to our church every week if you don't i don't know whatever you do you're supposed to do things with church and if you don't then you'll go to hell or purgatory or some other place so they have set these wonderful alternatives to the God guilt, to the source guilt in themselves. And it h- creates huge amounts of money for them and huge amounts of power. And politicians do exactly the same thing. New Zealand's uh, previous Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern A- said that we are the only source of information you must come to us. And Trudeau said the same thing in Canada. And Boris Johnson said the same thing in England. So politicians purposely, quite cleverly, try and set themselves up as alternatives to God. And so we feel guilty because of the program that that goes around all of that, setting themselves up, massive uh, media program. We feel guilty if we don't follow their rules. And of course that follows down for all of their other rule makers whether it's the police or the tax department or whatever we feel guilty when we don't follow their rules and so that guilt has to go when when we're not aware of it the guilt has to go somewhere so to speak and so we pass it if you like it's not quite the right word you don't pass guilt do you anyway we We project it to the politicians and we obey their every rule, sometimes to our own cost. I was reading the other day about a woman, um, I won't say the country, but she got so attached to the paradigm, to the cause, her government's cause, that one, she um what he got informed on her son who was not following the government dictates and when he was arrested she actually put the noose around his neck to hang him and so we lose ourselves and in losing ourselves we give the we give ourselves over to a cause which is bigger than us and we lose the compassion we lose our humanness we lose our our own intuitive knowing. So whether it's politicians or church, or even just individuals, we find somebody else to kind of lean that guilt on. And so that's why so many people follow insane dictates from others. We know that, you know, what they're saying that there's insanity out there. And yet, People follow them in droves because there's an unconsciousness about the guilt. They don't know the guilt's there, but it drives them. The only way to release its power, we can't release it, but we can release its power by simply acknowledging it's there. And when we can acknowledge that we have the guilt, so I'm just thinking of a story. When I was, uh, I met Evie, um, who's now over in Dubai, and I met her in, um, just out of Oxford. We were lecturing at a, an Iranian university, not, not Oxford University, just out of Oxford in England. And one day I was going in to give a lecture to, for to a two lecture to a group of postgraduate students. I was just going in, they were all filing in, and my boss came up to me. I can't think of his name now, lovely guy, Iranian. And he said, Philip, can you come and see me in my office after this lecture? And what do you feel when someone says, come and see me in my office? (laughs) Being Iranian, he 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 wasn't aware of the power of that phrase. So I spent the next two hours trying to be present with the students doing the lecture and however my mind was going oh what have I done what have I done he wants to see me in his office I'm going to get the sack what have I done wrong rah, 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 rah. so my guilt it's there it clicks in we automatically click into it and the joke is that when I went into his office eventually fearfully two hours later I said Philip would you mind doing another whatever it was four hours a week he said you've been doing so well <laughs> and we'd like you to do some more work do some more we've got some more students we'd like to. so it was about praise basically and reward however so often when we're doing something we're expecting first to feel guilty or first that we've done something wrong first we're judging ourselves badly which is why we judge ourselves the guilt's always there what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? It's constantly going on, which is probably why people don't stand up. Whether it's on an uh, online forum, whether it's in a, you know physical face-to-face on speaking platforms or doing whatever we want to do and standing up, the old tall poppy syndrome. One of the reasons we don't do that is because we feel guilty. I'm not good enough. And if I stand up, I'm going to be noticed. God's going to see me Ah, and there'll be a retribution and eternal damnation and whatever. The fact is God doesn't care. Like, you know, kids go for a walk, they come back, parent doesn't mind. (laughs) But we think we are being judged all the time. And it's why we follow the crazy dictates of crazy people. It's probably why we don't stand up and be truly who we are. And it's why we give our power over to authority figures. Whether it's church, whether it's police, whether it's the tax department, whether it's whatever authority we choose, we give it over and we do it in relationships. And we do a lot of things in relationships that we really don't want to do, but we want to appease the other person. And if I do this, I don't I feel like doing it. I hate doing it. I hate playing golf. I hate, don't know, whatever. But if I do it, they'll be happy. And it drives every every moment of our days until we become conscious of it. And once we realize it, and once we can... So, well maybe that story's true we don't have to accept the story that i'm telling you but we can accept the possibility and just be open to that possibility that guilt's there it's always there sitting on shoulders whatever nagging in your ear somewhere it's, it's just there and when we find ourselves doing something we really don't want to do it's good to just acknowledge the possibility that we're doing it out of guilt. And the, the other helpful thing to do is to recognize that it will not go away. It's just there. It's just there. We can say thank you guilt. I know you want me to go and do that. I'm going to do this. Something else. Thank you guilt. I hear you. Now I hear something else. So just acknowledge, so we can't run away from it. We can't hide. We can't pass it on to anybody else with projection. It's just going to be there. So I could wish you a guilt-free day, but I can't because (laughs) the guilt won't go away. However, I was going to say I wish you a non-guilt-driven day, but that sounds weird, doesn't it? maybe I wish you a spirit-driven day with the acknowledgement that guilt's there and let it go and let peace and sanity reign within everything you do.